0: This This. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata.
1: We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, what's up?
0: I am apologizing. I think I still have like 70% of my voice, but I went to a rock concert last night and, uh, Yeah, threw up my voice a little bit. Uh, It's it's a band called The Wonder Years for anybody that cares.
1: Amazing. I thought you were going to say you're still sick because you've been sick for quite some time. Yeah, no,
0: I got over the sickness and then I ruined my voice in a different way. So it's it's going great. Um, It was a good time, though. It's the first time I think that I'm... 27 so mm-hmm. i know people are gonna be like hey, you're not old it's the first time i felt old though because nine years ago i went to the album release tour for this yeah. uh and they just did the 10-year anniversary tour i was like yeah i remember i was here nine years ago when i was 18 now i'm 27 and i, I can't stand this level. <laughs> well i can but like i don't like standing as long
1: 100 you feel a little different when you leave a concert when you're 27. When you were 17, so I, don't, I don't
0: mean to make us go any longer, but I, I, the only funny part I wanted to bring up was just uh, they played through the entire album and then they're like, Our encore is a whole nother set. And I looked at my phone, I was like, 10 10, so- like, 30. No, <laughs> I didn't get home till one.
1: No, I can't, I can't do that on a, on a work week
0: night. So, yeah, got, to up you- at, yeah got up at 6 a.m. and worked. Oof. It's great
1: Good to you. You're here because we have a big mm-hmm. episode. It is um I feel the closer we get to this game, the I think I'm getting excited about it. I think it's going to be a really great matchup between two talented teams. Um, you can find stars on the offense and defensive side of the Seattle Seahawks, but let's do a quick little preview right now because we'll start with the Bengals offense. Um, I know DK talked today. I really don't think he said too much, but uh, like Jamar Chase said, he was supporting his teammate. And uh, and I, I agree it's gonna be a, pretty much a, a fun battle between the rookie and Jamar Chase when it comes to the offensive side of the ball. T Higgins, I am leaning towards T Higgins playing in this game um, just from hearing him today. He's been limited at practice the last two days. He did say to the media today, he did everything in practice that everyone else did, but the Bengals did list to him as limited. When you think about this Bengals offense, running the ball, at least, you know, putting it in the air, I feel like they'd have a little more success when it comes to facing the passing defense for the Seattle Seahawks. But what, what do you expect to see from that matchup?
0: Yeah, uh, interesting matchup. <clears throat> I remember I was listening to the New Heights podcast, which uh, not every Bengals fan is going to do because Travis Kelsey's on it, but I like it. And uh, I thought it was interesting that they said that they don't think they think the average person actually underrates bulletin board material. And I was like, oh, I always, I always almost felt the opposite. Like these are mm-hmm. professionals, but I guess uh, they feel a little bit different about that. And this is when they're talking about Nathaniel Hackett and. Um, Sean Payton, that whole thing going on, which the Jets clearly did care about. Uh, so, I don't know. Maybe that does just, maybe that's Zach Taylor going, I almost feel bad for Witherspoon, but maybe as Zach Taylor going, like, I'm going to drop a play for Jamar Chase. And Jamar Chase going, like, I've got to catch it. You know, like, I can't you know, just a little just a 5% extra. Maybe it does matter a little bit more than I think. I I think either way, whether or not this comment was made, I think Jamar Chase will do what he does. It's very trustworthy that a top five receiver will be good uh, when it comes to T. Higgins. I I still feel a little bit like 50-50, but I'm more like 55-45 that he plays. It, yeah. Didn't he say he's feeling optimistic? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But- um
1: But Zach Taylor, is he manages these. And he's done it before where he said Chase out an extra game when Jamar Chase thought he was going to go against the Tennessee Titans. I could see Zach Taylor looking at this game and saying, of course you want Jamar Chase out or you want T. Higgins out there, but saying, you know what, you're going to have to have Trenton Irwin, Yoshi, all those other guys step up again. I know it's a totally different defense from what you saw last week in Arizona, but that gives T. Higgins two extra weeks with the bye coming up.
0: Okay. Yeah, I mean, that does make sense to try to do that, too. But at the same time, it seemed like what I was reading is that the cracked rib doesn't actually have like a higher injury, re-injury risk type of thing. I'm not an expert, but what I was reading from physical therapists and athletic trainers seemed to be it's more pain management and whether or not you can physically play. Uh, So we'll see. I don't know. I, I, I feel a little bit optimistic about it. You make a good point with the bye week. And you're gonna feel a lot better after yeah. another two weeks of rest rather than taking some shots to the ribs throughout the game. I think the passing offense will be fine. I think they'll and they might be good. This <clears throat> Seahawks defense hasn't really faced a they haven't faced a lot of quarterback passing attacks like this. And I think it's possible that the closest one was the Rams with Matt Stafford, because while it's Sean McVay, it's not the Jared Goff, Sean McVay offense, Sean McVay offense. it's the uh, Matt Stafford, Sean McVay offense, which does have some similarities to what the Bengals do. And they shredded them. That was, you know, Puka Nakua It's like, who the heck is that type of performance? And Tutu Atwell had a bunch of stuff. So it's a really well-constructed passing game in LA. But that's kind of what it reminds me of now. I think the part you have to worry about is whether or not the Seahawks can get a lot of pressure. I... They've got interesting pieces, but I, man, was that 11 sacks against New York?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's so hard when you bring up the competition that the Seahawks have played so far. And it's in one week one. I know you can point to the Rams who are playing, I think, better than a lot of people expected, but it was week one. So it's so hard for me to judge but when it comes to the other other matchups, they played Carolina, they played the giants and it's just the competition they've played. It's so hard to compare to see where they're at this year compared to where they were last year, which I've still been impressed with this team. I think they're really talented. Mm -hmm. Um, And and this one kind of, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the outcome is going to look like. We'll obviously have a prediction later in the podcast, but it's a little scary at times when you look at the Seahawks.
0: Yeah. The Seahawks are a good team. I don't, Mm -hmm. they were a playoff team last year. I think they're a good team this year. Really, it's it's going to be a little bit of a tough opponent. Um, you have the advantage of being at home, and it's a Western team coming out East and playing early. But, I mean, it's just that their pass defense hasn't been very good. And if the Bengals didn't have the game they had last week, then I would not feel very confident. They've got a good run defense, and that's surprising to me just because – They had their run defense was good last year too, but um, it's surprising to me because every Seahawks person I was following uh throughout the offseason was like, Why don't we have a nose tackle? What is going on? Where's the nose tackle? They let all of them go. Al Woods is gone, I think. Uh, so that was like, Oh, I I figured they're not gonna have a good run defense, but maybe they can overcome that. And then their run defense by EPA per play is I don't know, top five, six, somewhere in there, yeah, right around. Yeah, right around like the Ravens type of run defense that the Bengals face and the Browns as well. So I don't think they're gonna be able to pound the rock. They'll use it like they have used it the whole year to take shots off of Joe Burrow, to set things up in the passing game and to basically stay efficient. Hopefully Uh, we'll see if they'll be able to do that. I, I think the Bengals' offense is going to be okay against this Seahawks' defense, though. I think that's what I mainly came away with. The Lions, are uh, that was a good matchup, and they won that game. But at the same time, the Lions and the Bengals don't feel that similar to me. Just in terms of they get under center, they try to pound it, establish it when it comes to their offense versus the Seahawks defense and they take shots, but they're mostly off of play action from the under center stuff. The Bengals are so much more drop back spread and shred type of offense that that's why I kind of looked at the Rams as a similar opponent and they had a lot of success, not to say that the Bengals will have success and the Seahawks defense is probably even playing better. They've got two good corners, Tariq Woolen. Can't forget him. He almost won defensive rookie of the year. If sauce Gardner wasn't an all pro in his first season and, you know, Witherspoon as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think he deserves the praise. Do you feel bad for Devin Witherspoon that DK Metcalf basically went like, yeah, he's gonna take care of the best player?
1: Um, I do think that Jamar, if they end up winning the game, I'm sure Jamar will have something to post on social media after that's over. Uh, but I, I will say this, I think Jamar actually, who is one of my favorite quotes this season, I think he is so funny and so honest. And then his quotes today were just absolutely amazing. But I think he answered it in a really funny way. Um, And he just said, hey, he's gonna hype up this guy. At the end of the day, we got to go out there and we have to play against each other. I know there's the comparison, both were number five picks or the fifth pick in the first round. And he's like, none of that, none of that matters at all. And I just, I, I think Jamar brings up a good point. And I can see at the end of the day, DK is just hyping up his guy. And and obviously he did have that praise for Jamar Chase when he started that quote. Uh, But yeah, I do feel, I feel a tad bad for him uh, just because of the way Jamar Chase is playing. Um, It is, it feels like this could be his best season in the NFL. And I don't feel like that's a hot take.
0: It feels a little bit early for me, just because he wasn't having that amazing of a season, and then yeah. and then the the big game happened. Which not to take that away from him, you know, like he's going to yeah. do that.
1: I I feel like if if Joe, because it just it's all connected through Joe, and it, and if Joe would, was healthy mm-hmm. to begin the season, we would have we would
0: agree agree. No, I you- think a lot of his early quote-unquote struggles, which for him was still pretty good, uh, Mm -hmm. came from Joe Burrow's not healthy. And that's really – everybody wanted to dissect this offense and like, what's wrong? What is going on? And it really feels like it just came down to Joe's not healthy and they're not an offense that gives you cheap, easy plays off of play action and has a run game they can really rely or want to rely on.
1: Dan Orlaski actually even said that he's like the Bengals offense, they didn't change too much in that <clears> wrinkles.
0: Like, we yeah. talked about that. Yeah, it's yeah. like wrinkles and like they changed the frequency of some stuff, but it's not like they came out there and they went, Look, our scheme's not working. We're changing playbooks. Like that's yeah. just not how that's just not how the NFL works. You can't do
1: that in one week. And even Brian Callahan said that going into the game. They can't just change their offense going and into the game. People didn't like
0: that. I was like, Brian's he's telling honest. the truth. Like, he's, he's so honest. He's too honest. He's we too honest. No, it's like he's too honest,
1: but but I agree. I think uh, I think he made a lot of sense. Look, when you go into the buy, there's some other decisions that you can make. It could be offensively, defensively. We'll get to more of that later because Lou Anarumo has actually talked about that over the last few days when it comes to the safety position, Jordan Battle, Nick Scott. But um, let's go and flip sides right now, and this is where I get a little nervous. Because they can't stop the run right now, this defense. They're missing a lot of tackles, and the one thing that one of the major things that Seattle can do is they have two fun running backs, and you can you've got to you you can't let them control can't let them control the game. You can't let them control time of possession with being able to run the game. They can also throw the ball to their wide receivers who are really talented. Um, so that part of it scares me a little bit. I think the Seattle offense, Geno Smith, has been really good over the last two years and i Mm -hmm. think it's a lot of people in the league um how does this defense in the secondary it looks like cheeto is back dj turner's out there luna rumo said this week look there could be some change not not changes but he could be rotating jordan battle nick scott at the safety position something that he normally doesn't do with rookies how does this defense stop seattle
0: well the biggest one for me, and why I think the run defense has been so bad is really there's a couple guys that get physically. I think whenever they go to the backup defensive line, the interior just isn't holding up, and those guys are getting taken down physically. But when it's the starters, sometimes 95's out there to start. So you know, Zach Car's gotta be better. But other than that, and I guess Trey Henderson sometimes, but Trey Henderson's more volatile to me, like he'll give up a play and then also make a tackle for a loss. And I'd rather live with that over – I I don't want to say zero, but how many tackles for a loss does Zach Carter have in his career? Anyway, um, he can get better. Anyway, um, yeah. I'm, I'm looking up just to make sure I'm not slandering him. He has one tackle for a loss this year and one last year. So he has two tackles for a loss, and I think Trey Hendrickson did that in a quarter last week. Uh, so anyway, I, I just think they're not like – i'm not concerned in terms of like oh man they they don't have the bodies to stop the run i think they do they do but they're not playing sound because so many of these explosive runs are coming from backside contain you could think of the elijah moore play against the browns hand it off it's blown up front side he's 10 yards in the backfield how do you not make a stop there Nobody contains on the backside. He runs it all the way around the field, 50 yards, and then gets an explosive play out of it. You can think of last week, James Conner. Cam Sample doesn't read the mesh point. He doesn't keep backside contained. And then you've got missed tackles galore. That's the other issue. They're missing a lot of tackles. And that one, I feel like they'll get better. But at the same time, this is – and I feel they'll get better because this is a defense that has normally been very good at tackling. And the people that are missing tackles – for the most part, are guys that don't normally miss tackles that often. The one exception is the guy who is currently rotating at safety. And my guy, Nick Scott, he's, we said it, missing too many tackles. I think that's the biggest issue is he's missing too many tackles, and it could just be a thing with him, and that could be why Lou Anaruma was looking at rotating, and you've got some opponents that you, you're going to need to tackle in the next two weeks. against the Bills, maybe you don't need – The real sure tackler. Maybe you want the rangy coverage guy, but that could be why it becomes a platoon is just the Seahawks with Kenneth Walker, Zach Charbonnet, DK Metcalf, even Uh, all these guys. You got to make tackles. And then then you got, we'll talk about 49ers in a few weeks, but that's the big one to me. Like make tackles. You can't miss tackles against that team. So when it comes to Seahawks, though, make your tackles, keep your contain, stay gap sound. I think DJ Rear is having a good season, but He might be right now the only plus run defender, consistently plus run defender on the team. And some of that is because guys are missing tackles. When I think of Pratt and Wilson, they've missed a few. Um, And then it could just be contain issues with like Hendrickson. Hendrickson got to be better against tight ends and whatnot. B.J. Hill just, I want to see him. He's doing okay, but I want to see him dominate. I want to see him have a game where it's like, oh, yeah, that's the guy they paid. Uh, same with Sam Hubbard, who I think was good last week, especially in run defense. <clears throat> They've got guys that I trust that will make this better. Um, the, it, the The thing is these runs shouldn't be getting to the safeties, and no. normally they don't. It's just that they're missing tackles, and that puts it then on the safety to make that tackle. So, yeah, overall, I feel like this run defense will get better, but I don't know if it'll be this week. It all basically comes down to making tackles, keeping contained and being sound. And that's something that they have pride. They have been able to pride themselves on in the past. So I think it's gonna be a point of emphasis going forward. It's something that they will be able to fix mostly because I don't think this is guys. They changed out and it's like, Oh, it can't get better. Those guys can't physically tackle. They can. And the one guy that maybe he, isn't going to physically consistently make tackles. Well, they're bringing in a guy who might not be as rangy, but he will do that.
1: So when you think about it it being kind of a trenches game, you talk about the missed tackles. What do you think about the D-line up against this offensive line for Seattle?
0: I like the Seattle offensive line. Um, I'm wondering, did Charles Cross practice today?
1: I want to say he was back at practice this week.
0: But I do yeah, not I'm know. I'm just I'm just Googling the injury report real quick. Okay. Did not practice. We have Damian Lewis. Oh, okay, left guard. Limited practice from Charles Cross. So maybe this is the week he comes back. I'm gonna assume Charles Cross plays. Yeah. I I liked him a lot coming I mean, out. He was actually, I had him as the best tackle in that class. And some of that came from pass protection stuff. This will be interesting. Cause I think right now he's probably. Around DJ Humphreys level for the Cardinals, at least from when I last watched DJ Humphreys a few years ago. I think that's around the level he's at. He's got upside from there, and maybe he comes this year. He's going to be even better than that because this is from last year, his rookie year. I think he came in at about a DJ Humphreys level, which is awesome for a rookie tackle. He's a good pass protector, sound, solid, came from an air raid system where they drop back like 50, 60 times a game. Yeah, Mike Leach, rest in peace. He loved loved doing that. And some people actually took it as like, oh, he can't run block. It's like, no, he, he just wasn't asked to run block very often. Um, <clears throat> last year was a little up and down, but overall I thought he was solid. Uh, this year before the injury, I was thinking he might take that next step into being actually like good. Mm-hmm. And But the first week back from an injury, I don't know. Um, I think this on paper is an advantage for Trey Hendrickson. And it'll be interesting to see what the Seahawks do to try to mitigate that. I believe Abraham Lucas is playing again, right? Like he's not on IR or something, is see. They just, have
1: a few more. In- yeah, they have a few more offensive line pieces that will be in this game that haven't played this season. So um, they are getting, it feels like Seattle's getting healthy, even though their injury report looked a little lengthy. Oh, um,
0: Abraham Lucas is on injured reserve, I think. Hold on. You can keep talking. I'm going to figure this out.
1: Yeah, but overall, with that matchup, when it comes to the offensive line, look, I expected that from Trey when he faced backups to the Baltimore Ravens. You want to see that if, if it is a similar competition of what he saw last week in Arizona to be able to dominate that. Look, he's he's top six right now in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It feels like he is. Um, he's and playing. He's
0: like been lot- yeah, and he's been good in almost every matchup too. Just want to mention
1: yeah. Yeah. So I, you expect to see that out of Trey just with the way he's playing right now. And you expect him to win that matchup and, and hopefully he does. Um, because, you know, look, it you're not going to see the Arizona Cardinals every single week. And I'm not saying that that wasn't a, a tough battle because it was for this team. And then they showed, Hey, we have improvement, not only on the offensive side of the ball, but the defense, uh, when it comes to the turnovers, just got to just got to make those tackles. I do want to add this, that Jamal Adams looks like he is out of concussion protocol. So he could be back out there. And those few snaps that he was on the field recently, he looks like the the old OG. And that's another guy when you think about the, the secondary and what they're going to have to face too.
0: Yeah, yeah. Jamal Adams, fun player, uh, good blitzer. And that is, I think, the biggest part with him is if they can get a good safety blitz going because the Bengals haven't shown that they can pick it up. I know we are talking about the other side of that, but uh, I just wanted to point that out as well. Um, yeah, so what I'm looking at there uh, – so it looks like – I'm going to assume Charles process is back. They've currently got Evan Brown at left guard, which that's good to get a center with guard flexibility. I liked Evan Brown as a free agent target. He got a one-year cheap deal, and I think he's been fine for them, which – I use that to describe guys that like on cheap deals, I kind of want them fine. Like he's fine. Yeah. You could put him center, left guard, right guard, and he should be okay. He shouldn't tank your team. I actually kind of like that idea for the Bengals. If they wanted to try to actually get serious about backup center, but they didn't. Uh, so that moves the rookie. Cause he was a starting center at the time that moves the rookie, Olu Oluwatami to center. I don't think I'd want to be a rookie facing DJ reader. <laughs> That's all I'll say. <laughs> Um, and you know, right.
1: It's a good point. That's a good point. When you think about some of those guys, uh, those guys out there, especially DJ reader. And like I mentioned before, yeah, Trey Hendrickson, he's playing like an animal. It feels like the extension right before the season feels like a steal already, um, and just a great move by the front office. But, yeah, you, hopefully you see that in that in this matchup. Um, offensively, you hope Joe can move the ball with the wide receivers to be determined if t plays, but it really feels like he's going to. We'll give our predictions in just a moment. Let's get to a few of the Twitter X questions that uh, you sent over. Thanks for sending them. We're only going to get to a few just because I was rambling. We'll start with this one. How does the pass blocking this year compare to last year's team?
0: You weren't rambling. I was rambling. Anyway, uh, it's – Physically better, technically and physically better. I think this is a better unit when it just comes to how are they doing in their matchups. But they're not doing as good process-wise, and that's interesting. So I think it's similar, but, you know, you you just need them to pick up these blitzes. And that's not all on them. That's some running back and tight end stuff in there too. And the chips and stuff where the running back might not be fully attached to the hip when he gives that chip and it's kind of ruining it, whatever. They need to be better with their assignments and handling stunts and blitzes. That's the biggest part of this. And I don't think this is really that big of a Frank Pollock issue because last year I thought it was fine. That's the biggest thing I have about it is just, is this a him issue? Because I felt like they knew what they were doing last year. So, Mm -hmm. but it's the same guys. So what's going on? Um, I don't know. Um, Some of that is also Joe Burrow can't move. And I'm like, that's just gonna make everything look worse than it is. Because last year, even when he was had the appendix, everything else, he could still move, he could still mitigate the pressure and work around it. I think this is going to be a better offensive line going forward than it it has been the past four weeks as well.
1: you mentioned Joe Burrow. Uh, we haven't recorded since he last um, had his press conference. He did mention when it comes to the calf injury, definitely feels like he like he did in training camp before the the first calf injury. And I thought this was really interesting. He said that uh, this the tweak was in a different area, um, and it wasn't as intense as the calf injury back in July. Very so, interesting.
0: I'm not yeah. a calf expert.
1: No, no, no. But what what <laughs> felt like he was towards the end of it in the right, second right, half, right, of the right, right. It hit another spot, but he says it, it wasn't as intense. Um, and reading about calf injury since July 27th, that sounds good. <laughs> that sounds like good news. Sure does. And then the the pro football doc actually said if there's no setbacks to November, then it's all systems that go. So you, you just want to get you wanna get through this game with no setbacks. And then you you obviously have the 49ers right after, but man, it does feel like the finish line is near for Joe Burr and hopefully, hopefully he can get there because of what we, we saw last week just seemed like a, a positive impact. And hopefully that helps the offensive line being, being, uh, and seeing a Joe, Joe Burrow be mobile. i will go ahead and get to another question. What is the ceiling for DJ Turner CB one or CB two? This is for the future.
0: Oh, um, you know, I don't, I'll say, I don't love the idea of categorizing guys, CB one, CB two. It's not you really don't. a position, but at the same time, I do, I'm fine with the idea of, is this a guy that going forward, I could leave on an Island against good receivers. And I do think this is the ceiling for DJ Turner. I think his ceiling is Jonathan Joseph. And I don't usually don't use Bengals for my comparisons. And I actually didn't, when I wrote his thing, I wrote Dante Jackson because I felt like that was more mid-level comparison, mm-hmm. I don't like going super high, as you know, I think so. a little Donna Brown. You might, like, Oh, <laughs> for Chase Brown. <laughs> Okay. Who the heck is Donald Brown? Just, <laughs> just with it. Well, it's yeah, funny you say
1: but, that. Well, do you remember when the Bengals had to make that decision? I don't know if you did. but when I, they do, had to make-
0: I do. Yeah, that I was, was a Joseph stan. Were you? Yeah. I was fine, but I was also like, Leon Hall's good too. I just, I, mm-hmm. I like the I the guy that's faster. <laughs> yeah,
1: put- and his career worked out just fine. I feel like it ended sure because of the Bengals uh, when he got burnt. I don't want to say what oh, he Oh, right.
0: Doing. The Titans
1: was pretty much over after that it was full circle but um but i felt like they made that decision because leon was maybe a year younger than jonathan yeah. joseph well
0: I he, was, he was at least drafted the year after yeah. they went back to back drafts and mm-hmm. that's i think that's what the Bengals thought they were doing when they took patrick and denard back to back
1: nope didn't really well it didn't really work
0: or maybe out. to the to dj turner back to back
1: I like it. So I interrupted you. You 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 don't want to put him in CB1, CB2, but you, you feel good about him.
0: Yeah. And I think against certain receivers uh, and going forward, I think especially for the future, Jonathan Joseph, I think a lot of people would say he was a CB1 if you want to categorize people like that. So yeah, if that's a ceiling, then yeah, CB1 to answer the question.
1: I like it to be determined. We'll see what it looks like. But it, it, it's exciting, this rookie class. I know we've talked about it a lot in the last two episodes, but even on the defensive side, and I'm not down on Miles Murphy like social media is. I'm excited to see what... I'm not what, either. Nope. Nope. We're still holding on to it. He might even get a sack on Sunday. Next Twitter X question. I know that that's really kind of jumping out there. What are the expectations for Jordan Battle this Sunday?
0: Ooh. Okay. I'm going to send over, under. 49 and a half percent of snaps. Under. Okay. I kind of agree. Like they're talking about the rotation. I still think it's unless Nick Scott messes up and then you could maybe see a lot of Jordan battle because I do think what this means basically for me in my mind is like Nick Scott, I think is a starter still. And I think he's going to play a majority of the snaps. Like I think he'll play 50 plus percent. But I do think this means that you miss a tackle on Sunday and leads to like a big run. That might be it. Like th- it could just flip Jordan's job to Jordan's job. And I also think whenever you give a job to a rookie, it feels to me like that guy doesn't get benched unless it goes really bad. See Emmanuel Forbes in Washington.
1: <laughs> Ooh, just... I, was, I was bad on that, but I'm not giving up on him.
0: No, no, I, I wouldn't give up on him either, but – my my agenda lives.
1: <laughs> you're, you're right. You're right. I was hyping that No, one. it's
0: so early. It's so early. Who cares? Like, like he yeah,
1: he's the one. He's the one they want. I, I like, can't be doing the
0: whole trials for everything and then say his career is done from five <laughs> games.
1: But it does feel like when Forbes is out there, he misses, like, two tackles in the same series. That was it's- my...
0: He faced AJ Brown like that's the worst matchup in the world for him, and then he faced mm-hmm. DJ Moore, which is like AJ Brown light a little bit with how mm-hmm. big and thick he is. So it's like, yeah, you know, like bad matchup versus then bad matchup back to back. You know, that I I wouldn't give up on him, but I also think like man, this is why I I preferred a few other guys. Joey Porter Jr. Is doing pretty well in Pittsburgh, sadly.
1: He is, he is, and that is surprising. Uh, but we'll go ahead and get to get to another one. Expectations are high in Jordan battle. And, and I, I think yeah. this, I think it's going to be more of something we see going into bye weekend where Lou is thinking about this defense and, and hopefully that, he doesn't have to think too much and they perform really well against Seattle's offense, but it it doesn't feel like Lou's not afraid to make this decision. If he feels like he needs to bench bench Nick Scott and Oh goodness. And it's, uh, <laughs> play Jordan battle. Oh my goodness. Let's go to one more. What is the success rate of teams that run out of shotgun as much as Cincinnati?
0: I'll start with the bang. I'm going to take this question. Literally. Um, Let's start with the Bengals success rate, which is 39.2, which is 18th in the league for their run success rate, which is actually above Cleveland for run success rate. Whoa. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that one. I just noticed it. I mean, Cleveland's close. They're 38.2 in 20th. Um, Man, that Nick Chubb injury must be bad because I thought they were really high up there. Anyway, so the other teams that run so much shotgun and run the ball out of it are like Philadelphia, uh, Buffalo, Arizona, and Baltimore. And what do all those teams have in common? Running quarterbacks. They all have quarterback run games and that's something that the Bengals don't have. So they're all ahead of Cincinnati. I mean, Philadelphia is the second most. And of course they are. They have the best offensive line in the league, et cetera, et cetera. Buffalo's at four. And that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will use Josh Allen in the run game though. <clears throat> Arizona's seventh. They were top five before the Bengals game. I remember talking a lot about that and Baltimore is currently 13th really When you can add the quarterback run and add something to it, and that's why they're doing it from shotgun so they can add in that quarterback run. The Bengals are in shotgun not to add a quarterback run game, but for their pass game and what they can do off of that and to make the quarterback more comfortable. So there's your literal success rates. You know, like there are teams that run extremely efficiently second and whatever Mm -hmm. else going down that list. Uh, but it's usually because they also add in the quarterback run effect to it. The Bengals can't do that. I do think the Bengals can be very efficient and successful out of the shotgun, though, because that's what happened last year. Let's let's make sure we don't have recency bias with everything here. Um, the Bengals' run game last year after they changed to the shotgun approach was top three in both EPA per play and success rate, and I think they can certainly do that again. And it's just – there are other issues, but I, I think they can be successful and stay ahead of the chains with the run game.
1: Yeah, I agree. Speaking of the run game, I was listening to a podcast before we recorded, and it was Paul Diener. It was his Thursday episode on here, that, that podcast growling. He said he brought up some RJP run. He, bought, he brought up calling Denver and saying, hey, let's bring a familiar face back. What's it going to cost us? You guys aren't going anywhere. They're probably going to lose the Kansas City Chiefs next. We were recording on a Thursday. Get some In front audio. of
0: Taylor Swift.
1: In front of Taylor Swift, and here, speaking of which, and we're going to make this quick before we get to our predictions. Again, this is a rumor. There's a rumor that she bought a suite at um Arrowhead for the rest of the season. That means she's going to watch the Bengals.
0: Oh. Play.
1: We'll see if it really happens. So that that I'm I'm intrigued. I'm I, I want her to see the Bengals and hopefully win and beat her Chiefs. Uh, but uh, but yeah, just a side note. But yes, I think I think. I st- I'm still holding out hope that happens. I'm hearing a little more people kind of getting on board with the Samaj P. Ryan RB2 thing.
0: It makes a lot of sense, but how often have you seen a player get traded back to the team they left in the same year that they left, basically? Well, I guess the the year after they left.
1: Oh, man. That's I my don't... one
0: thought. Yeah, You're I can't right. think of like anybody. Like JC Jackson, it just happened, but it took two years. Right. Spencer, Spencer. also brought JC Jackson. Yeah, just, but yeah, yeah, it took it, it. It took like he took a year, and LA was like, We're going to figure this out with JC Jackson. We just right. paid him all that money. And this is a lower contract. So maybe that's why it's more tradable. I don't know. That's the only thing that goes through my mind is just like, How often does that happen? Because I feel like there's just that tiny bit of ego with uh, maybe the general manager of the Bengals where he's just Duke is kind of like, No, no, no. These guys will figure it out. Like I knew when I let him go. And I didn't want to reset price point. I knew these guys would figure it out, or t- something like that. I don't know. I, people. They people. wanted
1: him. They wanted him yeah. to stay in Cincinnati. They
0: did. They did. But they, didn't they also, or did they offer the same contract? Was it was the same. It was?
1: it was the same money. Okay.
0: Samajah just went there because Javante's hurt. And he knows he could maybe actually take the. Okay, gotcha. My guy, Julio McLaughlin, who went to Youngstown State. <laughs> well, Seems well, like I, the best run right
1: At the end of the day, I don't see that happening. I. It's just kind Me of. Because they won't, the, they won't go draft capital,
0: yeah. That. And the, the Bears just had the whole thing, uh, as well. And that was like, Deontay Foreman, I don't know, he seems like the Samaj P. Ryan type, big yeah. bruiser. I just don't know if he can run out of shotgun,
1: yeah. So I don't see that happening. I do think they're gonna roll with Chase Brown and maybe Travion. We'll see what that looks like. Um uh, but hopefully, th- go ahead. I'm gonna ask
0: you one more do you think that they I think it's only fans that keep bringing this stuff up. Do you think they they look at any free agents? If it continues to be bad, they don't trust anybody. No, neither. Like people keep bring up Lenny Fournette, and I'm like, no,
1: no, no. I
0: think, I, get think Ra- I think Le- I think Leonard's done. At the same time, I thought Josh Norman was done. <laughs> Just signed with the Bills.
1: Playoff Lenny, playoff Lenny, and playoff P on La-Mardi the same team. Oh, you're La-Mardi right. You're right.
0: right. Lamar- He's a winner. He's a winner. In, and, in the cap, and, Gonna, I, don't yeah.
1: know. I, yeah. no, I don't think they do that because it's Me either they're just already the season started unless there's you know mm-hmm. an injury or something like that they'll pick up someone I don't think it's gonna be a big name but I still look I was holding out hope for that but I don't think they're gonna give any draft capital to Denver to get him um so we'll see we'll see what happens and and you just want to see more out of your run game and this is nothing against Joe Mixon I feel like I always have to say that it's, because
0: yeah it's it's all the others and it's, it's not a, not to say they can't get better, especially Chase Brown and yeah. Chris Evans has been hurt. Um, but yeah, you know, they the, they don't trust them right now, and we don't see why they don't trust them because I think it all comes from practice pretty much.
1: Brian Callahan said that, and I think people took it as he was he he was talking about Joe Mixon because he said we need to see more of that position, and I think he was talking about the other players in that mm-hmm. position, not Joe Full Mixon. Agree. Yeah, and I think I think people got upset about it. and I, I didn't because I understood what he was saying, and I feel like Joe Mixon has been a positive on the team right now. So he didn't really mean it, like Joe. It, it's the RB two situation, and anytime we talk about running back, that's how I'm feeling right now. It's RB two only of a concern. Yeah,
0: that's why I was talking about the Deontay Foreman. It's not take Joe Mixon's job. They no, you know. like gotta be shooting higher. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. Say with much It's like yeah, we're we're talking about like can they find a guy that can take some blows off Mixon because Mixon right now I think is on pace for the yes. most touches he's ever had basically at least carries and that's not a that's that that's dangerous I don't want to say that's not sustainable I want to say that's dangerous because running backs have a shelf life and when they get older it's not so much that they just fall off the cliff so much to me it's that the injury risk goes up and once you're injured and playing injured we saw it last year with Mixon he just wasn't as efficient. He wasn't as explosive. He lost some balance. It wasn't great. And p was maybe the better runner between the two for a lot of the year And because he was much. so injured. And I, I think Mixon's the better runner in general. But yeah. when you get to that point, if that happens and he misses time, what does it look like? Like that is like the scary part to me of like maybe that's how you end up signing a Lenny Fournette off the streets is Mixon gets hurt and they look at the other guys and they go, I just don't think we can hand it to them. Fifteen times this game, like even if there's three of them and we're splitting it five, 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 I, I, they don't think they can handle it.
1: I'm still trying to figure out what the Chris Evans plan is because I have no clue every single year. The
0: year I finally hopped on board because in the preseason he yeah. ran between the tackles. I will say I think there was a, there were still a few plays where he definitely did not read it correctly and he tried to bounce it, be an athlete, but it just seemed like he actually is trying now. So I was like, maybe, maybe it's there. Maybe it's there. they see him more than we do. They see him more than we do. And I think that's where we have to just say, you know, throw your hands. We've barely seen him run.
1: Yep. yeah So uh, we'll see what happens out of RB2. And, and maybe Chase Brown or Travion will get more touches in the next game. If Again, it's a balance. So Joe Mixon doesn't take all the heat uh, going into the rest of the season. We want Joe to be there at the end. Uh, We'll go ahead and give a prediction on what's going to happen between the Cincinnati Bengals, Seattle Seahawks. I think I went first last time, so it is your turn. Go.
0: (laughs) Wait over who has to go first, not over. Oh, I want to get my prediction out there. Um, Yeah, uh, okay. I think the Bengals' offense seems to have figured itself out. I think that, yes, there was an opponent issue there, but I also think that they match up okay, maybe even solid against the Seahawks' defense who can give some teams issues just because they aren't very reliant on the run game. I think the Bengals win 31 27 and that You're is right. well over the over under, but uh, I don't feel confident about any bet on this. I do think these teams are fairly evenly matched. Like the Seahawks are a playoff team and the Bengals are either going to be without T Higgins or have, a you know, an injured T Higgins out there. And he's a huge part of the team. I, I don't know. I, I think Seahawks are good. Let's not doubt them. But I think the Bengals win this game.
1: I will say this. The over and under is something I've been thinking about all week. Okay. I don't think the Bengals get to 30 plus. I want to be okay. wrong. I hope that happens. I hope I am completely wrong. And we go back on this podcast and say, Lindsay, the offense is back. They did it again. Here we go. I am optimistic about Joe Burrell. Um, Just his Instagram comment after the game and says, it's time to go mobile. What we saw in the Arizona game was encouraging. I know it was against the Arizona's defense and this will be a different matchup versus the Seattle Seahawks, but I'm encouraged by Joe Burrow. It looks like he hasn't lost steps. I think people thought he forgot how to play football during the injury. And, and it's, it's really encouraging over the last week. So offensively, I think it's going to be fun. I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball, but you focus on your best players. Do you have Jamar Chase? Um, maybe T. Higgins goes in this game. I'm not going to say he's going to get a lot of touches or, or anything like a lot of receptions because I think they're going to take it pretty easy on him. But you have guys like Trent Irwin. Um, Maybe it's a Tyler Boyd game. We'll see what happens there. But overall, I'm only I'm going to put 24 for this offense, and I'm going to say it's a three-point game, and the Seahawks get 21. It's going to be a close battle. I feel like four quarters, it's going to be up and down, different lead changes. And um, it should be a pretty good matchup for two talented teams. Uh, ta- I say talent, I mean, where they're at in the season.
0: We have H- predicted, the is- same, we've predicted the same result of each game so far.
1: We've predicted the. What, what do you mean?
0: The, no, me and you, we've predicted the same exact result to each game so far. We, we had, win, win.
1: Yeah. and it? then we
0: predicted the loss it? coming against the Rams. <laughs> and then we, I couldn't,
1: pick, I couldn't the... pick against them. I couldn't pick against them after their their bounce back performance. And it feels like Joe Burrow. It feels a little back. It yeah. makes me nervous saying that. It really does make me nervous, even though I put it out there. Um, but I, I'm optimistic about Joe Burrow mm-hmm. right now. When they play the 49ers in a couple weeks, believe me, that's gonna be. That's going to be one I'm thinking about a little bit longer. Um, This one should be a good matchup. I I think it's going to be a close game, three-point game. I know the line changed uh, to two and a half, but, um, yeah, that's where I'm at right now, and it should be a good game. It's going to feel like Seattle weather, so perfect for them, Uh, 50 degrees. Is it rain? There's a chance of sprinkles.
0: Uh, If I knew it was going to rain, I'd change my opinion.
1: Nothing, nothing major. Just like maybe some sprinkles, maybe some sprinkles before the game, maybe. The Cleveland
0: it. game's in my mind.
1: Oh no, 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 nothing like that. I know, not that I that I think. I checked the weather again today, and it's just kind of like a chance of some sprinkles at the okay. game. So it's just going to be kind of dreary and cold. It's starter jacket weather. Um, right. it's going to be beanie weather, but that's that's all I got. So twenty four twenty one, and give your prediction again. Thirty one twenty
0: seven.
1: 31, 27. We'll see what happens. Hopefully they get in the 30s again. Hopefully they get another dub. They go three and three into the bye. That would be a game changer for the rest of the season. You have a great piece on all Bengals for DJ Turner. I'd like to give mm-hmm. a quick summary preview of that.
0: DJ Turner had an awesome debut, and I'd go over it.
1: Make sure you go check it out, and then follow Mike over on Twitter or X, Bengals underscore Sands. You can follow me at Alan D.S. Patterson. Thank you, as always, for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.